For those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this 21st Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for this morning. You heard it read before. I would just recall just a few words from Luke chapter 17. As he went into a village, <clears throat> ten men with a skin disease met him. They stood at a distance and shouted, Jesus, teacher, have mercy on us. <clears throat> when he saw them, he told them, show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were made clean. In the name of Jesus Christ, who forgives all our sins and heals all of our diseases, including the disease of our souls, sin, my beloved. Anybody know the color of my living room? Anybody know the color of my cat? You know, I, unless I tell you, it remains a mystery, right? But uh, as soon as I tell you that the color of, of my living room is green and I have an orange tabby cat, well, now it's not a mystery anymore, right? Um, some people like to read uh, mystery novels, you know, the whodunit uh, kind of things where... Um, you read the whole thing and you really don't know uh, how it comes out and who really did it until the end. And then it's not a mystery anymore. A true mystery is something that you already know, but you still can't completely understand it. You know, we know that there's a whole bunch of galaxies out there in the universe. I mean, it's a fact. People see, can peer a certain uh, length, a distance out there with their telescopes. But what's way, way out there, we don't know. It remains a mystery. It's a fact. It's there. But it's a mystery. How about the bottom of the ocean? We can send stuff way down there, but we don't know really everything that's at the bottom of the ocean. It's there, but it's a mystery. Even if you know you try to imagine yourself going down to the bottom of the ocean floor and then digging, digging into the Earth's crust, supposedly, uh, you know, there, it's hot down there. There's a core. Nobody's been down there, and we know that it's there. But it's still a mystery. How about the Holy Trinity? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet one God. It's a fact. We know it, but it's a mystery. Today, we'd like to contemplate another mystery of God. Because if we don't look into this mystery, you cannot really truly catch the impact of Jesus healing the ten men with the skin disease. One of the mysteries of God that's told us in the Bible is his religious ceremonies. He demanded them only from his Old Testament people, not from us today. Before electronic technology, 
You know, we have all these nice visual aids. Some of the churches have those screens up, you know, and the pastor shows you pictures while he's preaching, all these technological visual aids. They didn't have those back in the Old Testament. So with a lot of those ceremonies that God gave them, he says, I got to paint a picture for you. One of the examples of Jesus' pictures that he painted were his sacrifices, especially the sacrifice on the festival of Passover, where God said, I want you to take a cute little a year-old baby male lamb, no, no, no diseases, got to be perfect, a little lamb that never hurt anybody, and I want you to slit its throat and bleed it until it's dead, and then I want you to burn it. And if you do that every day, then your sins will be forgiven that day. And you do it the next day, it's a lot of other sacrifices too. You do another sacrifice the next day, then your sins are forgiven every day. What God was trying to teach them through that uh, picture that he painted was that one day there was an ultimate substitutionary sacrifice that would come that wouldn't forgive the sins of the people day after day after day, but for all times and forever. Of course, we know him, Jesus Christ. Now, why did God do all those picture paintings with all those ceremonies? I don't know. It's a mystery, but it's a fact. The words before us this morning are uh, Jesus' miracle of healing 10 men with skin diseases, infectious skin diseases. And I'll tell you, there was a lot of ceremonial picture painting when it came to people that had infectious skin disease, and I really don't know. If you take a look at the Greek it might have been leprosy, it might have been uh, dermatitis of some sort, psoriasis, ringworm, eczema, I don't really know. But skin diseases in God's eyes, you paint the picture, were a picture of sin. Skin diseases are ugly, and it spreads, and many times it's incurable. And what it does, it makes a, it ni- makes a nice, perfect body, smooth skin, imperfect and undesirable. And if you ever contracted in the Old Testament one of those skin diseases, you were ostracized from society. You had to be kicked out of the city, live on your own. You always, according to the, the, the ceremonies, you had to also wear torn clothing and you couldn't comb your hair. And whenever people came close to you, you had to say, unclean, unclean, stay away. For God's people in the Old Testament, he designated certain things as being clean and other things as being unclean. Now, that didn't mean that certain things had dirt on them and other things had no dirt. What it meant was that something that was called clean was acceptable to God and something that was called unclean was not acceptable to God. You know about it. Uh, Jewish people even today can't eat pork. That was one meat that God said in the Old, Old Testament, unclean, not acceptable to me. Beef, that's acceptable to me. Why? I don't know. It's a mystery, but it's a fact. People with skin diseases were not acceptable to God. The worst part of having a skin disease back in the Old Testament was not the disease itself, but the separation from your family. You couldn't come into the city. Picture language. God was painting a picture. Sin separates us from God's family. Now, for the second part of the mystery that God painted about skin diseases. 
if a skin disease healed itself, an individual couldn't just pick up where he left off with his life before, go live with his family again, and everything was as good as new. Oh, no. There was a long ceremony that you had to go through to get back into the city. First of all, you had to go, as Jesus said, and see God's designated priests. You had to get a diagnosis to make sure it was healing. In fact, if you take a look in the book of Leviticus, there were 21 different diagnoses for skin diseases. And if your skin cleared up, then the priests had to declare you clean once again. But that wasn't it. Still it. Still had a lot to do. For seven days, you had to live outside your tent and outside the city. It was an eight-day process, actually. Uh, sometime during that seven day, what you're supposed to do is take two clean birds, kill one, and then the priest would uh, mix the blood with some water and sprinkle it on the person seven times, and then take the other bird and dip it in the blood and let the bird fly away. Sort of like a scapegoat, you know, now your sins are all gone. And then on the eighth day, the person had to bring two sheep uh, to be sacrificed. And um, the blood of, the, of one sheep, uh, the uh, priest dipped his hand in there and he uh, put some blood on the, the person's right earlobe, right thumb, and uh, right big toe. Symbolism from God. And then after that, the person had to wash and shave their hair off and wash. Picture language through blood and death and washing, you were made acceptable to God once again. And see, now you can really understand the miracle of the ten men with skin diseases. God, Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, how Jesus performed that miracle, I don't know. He's true God. He can do anything. Go show yourselves to the priests and get a clean bill of health. Ten men acceptable to God once again. Which brings us to the last mystery to consider today. And the mystery is you. Why are you here today believing that a substitutionary bloody sacrifice and death of Jesus Christ and washing by baptism saves you and makes you acceptable to God? It's a fact that you are here. But it's still a mystery. Why did God choose you as his child? Because you certainly didn't choose him. I don't know. The only answer that scripture gives us is this. He did it all according to the pleasure of his goodwill. That's why you're here. Just like he chose some of those people in the Old Testament, those Israelites, to be his chosen people from whom the Savior would be born. And he said, it's not because your great love for me or anything that you did. It's simply because of my love for you. And I have to keep my promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Matthew 13, verse 11. Knowledge about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. 1 Corinthians 4. People should think of us as servants of Christ and managers who are entrusted with God's mysteries. 
What kind of mysteries? That God created the world. That God redeemed you with the blood of Jesus Christ so that you are his own dear child. That God sanctified you and brought you to faith through the Holy Spirit. And all God wants you to do with all the mysteries is believe them and share them with others. That's all he wants. But why did God love the world so much that he sent his only son to bleed and to die, to take away all of our sins? It's a mystery I don't know, but the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sins, Scripture says. And why did he choose you to be his own dear child? I don't know, but he did. And that's a mystery. And that's a miracle. And that's a fact. For all of which it is my duty, Dr. Martin Luther says, to thank and to praise, to serve and to obey him. This is most certainly true, Dr. Luther said. I uh, finished the sermon this morning with Romans chapter 11. God's riches, wisdom, and knowledge are so deep that it is impossible to explain his decisions or to understand his ways. Who knows how the Lord thinks? Who can become his advisor? Who gave the Lord something which the Lord must pay back? Everything is from him and by him and for him. Glory belongs to him forever and ever. Amen and amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs>